On this next episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to go behind the scenes and our producer, Matt Tompkins, is going to ask Jeremy and I professional and personal questions. That's next on Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen. And we have kind of a crazy show today. I'm a little bit nervous. It's Christmas. We're going to do things a little differently. We have our producer, Matt Tompkins, who is the most amazing podcast host in case, or wow. producer in case you are interested in starting your own podcast. But he's here and he's going to ask us some secret questions. Yeah, because he's been giving us shit for not having enough shows about us and who we are like, and what we do. Like we're really not that into ourselves. I'm going to yeah. be honest. This is just an excuse for me to ask questions I've always wanted to ask you. So Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good, so, good. So they're going to be really embarrassing. All he's right. going to put that out there. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous just because we've spent probably too much time together traveling oh, to conventions and things like that too much time together but yes we've spent more than the average, we've traveled together so more than the average time you travel with somebody yes. you learn about all their their deep dark secrets yeah yes mm-hmm. so so anyway matt you have questions for us i have questions for you so are you nervous jeremy <laughs> nope because i am a quick liar <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my first question. What's the secret to success? And that's not, no. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so we have a combination of secret questions and questions from listeners. So first impression, and these are a combination too, I'll tell you, of both questions about you two just personally as human beings and who are married. I don't know if everybody everybody knows that or not, but they are together. We're kind of a thing. (laughs) We're we're a tang. For for way too long. Almost 17 years. No, 18 years together. Also advice for uh, entrepreneurs and business owners and stuff. So, okay. Our first question is, what was your honest first impression of each other? Ah, I can tell you that. Ah, yeah. My first impression was that, uh, should we say how we met first? So here's how we met. We, the quick version. I had just broken up with Carrie that day. Who's a, Carrie? A, a wonderful woman who's no, oh, I'm no longer seen. I you say she's no yeah, longer yeah. with us. She's no, like, no, Jeremy, no, she's what did us. you do? <laughs> yeah, it was devastating. Um, so this friend of mine, Tim, had been asking me to meet his friend, Gwen, for quite a while. And I kept telling him, dude, I've got a girlfriend. Well, that was no longer an issue. So I met him in the parking lot that morning. It just so happened. And he said, um, why don't, uh, why, you know, I broke up with, I told him I broke up with Carrie and it was sad and all that stuff. He goes, well, why don't you come up to my place for a football game? We'll watch the Texas A&M play tonight. And I was like, I don't, yeah, I just broke up with all my friends. So let's do this thing. So I went and then he, in the background, had called Gwen and asked Gwen over for dinner. Because I don't cook and because, I suck at it. Yeah, and she had a date that night. So whatever reason, she ended up going to Tim's to So was this like party. a secret setup? Yes, it was we a par- were the only two invited. We were invited. the only two invited. So he, it's like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? It was. You're the city guy. It was. <laughs> I was the city guy. She was the cowgirl. No, he was the country guy because he, he actually the, oh, knows how more, to yeah. castrate cattle and oh. like ride a horse. Yeah, like yeah, that. I don't. See, yeah. We're learning and I'm from Detroit, so I'm the city girl. Oh, I can okay. castrate. Um, <laughs> let that be known. Dates of my daughters. Um, so anyway, w- my first impression was she's kind of smoking. 
And I remember in particular, I liked that she when she put her bag down, I was looking at her, I was like, mm, that's a cute girl. But she's she's 10 years younger than I was, so I didn't think that it had much, mm -hmm. you know, really was going to work much. I was impressed because we also had a big conversation about religion and some of those topics that you probably don't generally don't talk about on a first date. And since this wasn't da a date, maybe that's why it worked so well. And I was impressed, and I'm sure she I was, was not too. impressed. So... <laughs> She, you were that night. I was. I was. I thought you were a nice guy for sure, but I was obnoxious, twenty-three-year-old. And so then we went on a first date, and I was like, I don't like his clothes or art. I think his, I think his jokes are stupid. And and we went to an art gallery, and I was like, and he has terrible taste in art. And I was like, I think we'll just be friends. Which actually was a compliment because I didn't even know I had taste in art. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, yeah, I was. I thought we would just be friends, but I was used to dating really horrible guys before Jeremy. My, in fact, my parents called my boyfriends before him the winner circle, and they did not mean that in an honest way. They were like such losers. So, so anyway, it was like, I need to date so nice people. the bar was really people. low. The bar was super low. For, Thank for God you. for me. Yeah. I wanted and, to date nice people. And yeah. he was very nice. So I was like, I, I was need very to nice. Date. And plus we had that in common that we liked learning. It, apparently that was what I was picking up on. I think ultimately it's what she picked up on because our topic, the, the topics of conversation were always like not basic bro or basic bitch stuff. It was, <laughs> it was different, right? <laughs> We're really selling. Are we? Are no, we really right. selling maybe ourselves should, in this show? Going down a rabbit hole. It's, I love it. All right. If you, if you had to pick a new line of work to start from scratch in tomorrow, what would it be? I know mine. I'd be a software developer. Well, that's what you do now. You can't pick the same. Thing no, I would actually be the developer. Okay. Not the one who runs the. Oh, the development. Okay, so like programming and yeah, because that's how my head works too. If then you know, system like while loops. I that's how my head works. Party cruise director? No, I just Ooh, <laughs> she would be. That is what. Have she'd you been be. on a cruise? No. Okay, you, you you need to go on a cruise first, <laughs> yeah. and then you will realize you will regret that decision. I, I scared my parents when I was in high school, and I was like, I'm just gonna become a party cruise director. And they were like, Oh my gosh! So that that, that was my go-to. I don't know. I love it. what I do so much. I love what I do so much. I honestly feel like there's not a better job for me. I feel like you'd be a good party planner. Just like yeah. No, 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 no. Details, not, details. Yeah, details. I'm not, be, I'm not oh, a yeah. detail person. In fact, on a personality test, I have a detail orientation of one. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. picture all the way. All so. right. Um, okay. This is a oh, that, and that's down like downside for my a programmer. I'm very. I'm not detail-oriented at but all. But you're methodical. I'm, I'm, I'm disciplined. Yes. Like I can get through well, stuff. You, I think you complement each other. And I like outputs. You have the big creative, big ideas, and you have the uh, execution and the structure. Mm. So it's a good balance. I don't, I don't have execution or structure. I'm actually, the problem is we're both big picture oh. to an extreme. So we've always had to kind of hire for detail. But you're very thorough and organized. Mm -mm. Like, I mean, you seem to be to me. That's the impression you. That's the off. discipline. Like I know yeah. what needs to be done, and I can push through anything. Yeah. And I and I have to because she doesn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I do organize though for the show, so yeah, I do it yeah. in a different way. Yeah. But totally. Okay. Whatever. So you're at this stage uh, in your your professional careers. You you both had a you know a I would say a significant amount of success. 
uh, in your in your ventures. So what would you say is the biggest difference between say your 100th product or service sold and your one millionth? I mean, just using that as a barometer. Hmm. Jeremy. So I would say, if I understand it correctly, probably the biggest difference is that over time, like the larger you get, the more you focus on keeping it all together. Like setting it up for me is the fun, uh, kind of artsy part where you put things together, you make, and you kind of, when you say together, you mean like processes and procedures, like processes and procedures, because that's kind of where the art comes in. You try and think of all the different things that you have available, and then you try to link them in the most efficient way possible. And then it turns into maintenance. And then it turns into maintenance. And so the whole purpose of a business is to defeat entropy. And that's just like with any- What's leak. entropy? I don't think Ent- everybody knows. Right, okay, so entropy is the, just the natural tendency of things to break down along and with the arrow of time. Mm-hmm. That's It's kinda, like your closet, like you organize it and then it just naturally gets messy again. Happy. And then next year you have to clean and it again. you gotta Marie Kondo that shit because you're yeah. like, I need joy in my life again. Right, right. right. Yeah, so that's- So yeah. that would happen to your business mm-hmm. if you don't keep up on and it. And over time, the, the what ends up changing is you're not creating it, you're not giving birth to this idea, you're maintaining it, and then you've got more people in it, which makes for more touch points, which makes for more opportunities to break down, which means you spend more of your energy as a company mm. fixing itself and still trying to grow. So it's more complicated. I would say um, that the majority of our time is spent similar to what he said, but um, on the people issues and also mm. just, you can't sweat the small stuff. You have to delegate and you have to trust people and trust that you train them well and you gave them good processes and let them do the day-to-day work. And so now my job is to focus on vision, mission, and make sure the values don't get lost in the organizational structure or size. Your core core values. Core values, yes. This isn't one of the questions, but I'm just curious. How closely, how close do your core values for your company look compared to your core values just as an individual, as a person? Are they pretty, pretty They're pretty, close? pretty, pretty they're damn exactly close. Pretty much yeah, I, I can't think of anything different. Yeah. Um, you've asked guests on your podcast before, what's your biggest bonehead move? I'm curious. Um, what is like your, the big mistake that stands out when you are first starting out, when you were first starting out, like the biggest mistake or misstep or boneheaded move that you made that might help newbies who are in that, those early stages of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship. I have one. Do you want me to answer first? Yeah. Cause I'm okay. still trying to think if I've ever had a bonehead. <laughs> um, you get what you tolerate. So. I think I've tolerated people being rude to me or disrespectful like way too long. I told you I was sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I think for me, I'm really a nice, naturally a nice person. And so I think I have tolerated people um, just being rude and unkind. And now as you get um, more mature in your career, You don't try to be friends with everybody or liked at every moment because there is a job to get done and you're not going to tolerate people treating you badly or other people badly or anyone badly. So I think that that would be the difference. What do you think? So what I might consider my biggest boneheaded move is that I used to let our clients tell us what they wanted and not necessarily 
present to them what we offer. So then that turned into a bunch of customization. We had to have different, we had to, uh, our, my employees had to remember what it is that we had committed to. There was no central spot for them to know precisely what it is we needed to do. And that's when, and that was early on, and I just figured if it can't be automated or in, infused into the daily lives of people, we don't do it. Because you'll ruin it and you can't scale mm. and your clients will be unhappy. Um, what is the single most important reason that you accredit to your success? Gwen. Oh, he's very sweet. Well, I think that's largely true. I would say that, um, I, I'm focused on growth, uh, not just growth for the company, but personal growth. So Ray Dalio, who I'm obsessed with, and he's like one of the best, uh, investors ever, to walk the earth, but um, he says that, and, and he's so smart, and he's older and wiser than me, but he always says, if you don't look at back at last year and think that was kind of stupid that I did that, then you're not growing enough. So um, focusing on growth has helped uh, help me become the leader because that, that my employees need. So I feel like I hire amazing people and they inspire me every day. So I have to be the leader that they deserve. And I just always feel like on my toes because they inspire me every day. And I'll extrapolate because um, I do think what I think I'm right when I say that that's probably the biggest uh, that Gwen, our team, our relationship actually was probably the biggest reason for success because at the beginning, you know, she quit her job. She, she sustained us with her job while I started the company and then she quit her job to raise the kids for a few years and it just made it so that we could do things that we work extra hard, develop new things. Um, and also I would say that me having a, I do like to consider myself the hardest working lazy person I know. Like if I see something that cannot be done again manually, I will spend tons of time to make sure that we don't ever have to touch it again. When it comes to being an entrepreneur backslash business owner, um, what do you enjoy the least and what do you enjoy the most? I enjoy the least email and details. I enjoy most the people. What I enjoy the freedom and I don't enjoy not being able to be free to do what I want, which seems like those <laughs> should go again because you're always on. Yeah. Like if something happens, you just have to deal with it. And that's kind of the hardest part. And our kids would say that that is probably the worst part of their childhood is that it never turns off. Mm -hmm. And so, that, that, I mean, so it does affect our family. Yeah. Well, follow up question to that uh, is, so do you, how much intention does it take for you to be good parents and commit to your family and also stay committed to your business? Because you're both at the top of, you know, you've had two very successful companies. And with Anaquim, you're both an upper, you know, CEO, CFO. So you're at the top, a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressure. You're never off. But at the same time, I've been able to witness just how much you prioritize you know, spending time with your girls and being good parents and stuff. So like how did that take a lot of intent and effort to force yourself to do that and not get sidetracked? For me, I've thought of this before the, I, a lot of people try to segregate their lives and make them different. Like I have my personal life. I have my business life. I have my romantic life. And they try to, they try to keep them in separate boxes. I don't, I just kind of wrap it up under the bow of 
life and in order to have all three what i think the main area physical is another one you have to have balance and everything and so when you feel like you're too busy in one area it's probably a pretty good indication that you're too busy in that area and you got to go do something else so like like it. to work out on a regular basis for me is extremely important and it's not because it's one of the most important things that i do it's that if i don't i can't do these other things mm -hmm. well yeah i mean you are pretty ripped i will give you that <laughs> i got pretty shredded uh, i were i uh wake up early every morning and i write my journal about my priorities and so i'm always and jeremy and i are both very big picture and so we uh, i operate with my family in mind every morning along with the business and try to balance it on a daily basis so it's just part of my personal system to think about that balance if you're listening to this or watching and you are wondering like, what are what are because I, I work with i've have the opportunity to work with you and other successful uh entrepreneurs who host podcasts and who who you know with marketing and things like that so i've got to see a lot of different successful people and a couple of the common trends are the journaling of some sort uh, whether that be like a gratitude journal where you do five minute journaling every morning, yeah. Yeah. just things like that. And then not watching TV. And you mentioned this one, not watching TV. I've noticed is another common theme. Is um, that right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only time is like if you're watching it with kids or like it's because we're spending time together or maybe there's a show or a movie that you're super into. But uh, I've noticed that myself too. Like the less time you watch TV during the week, the more productive. You, I, I literally haven't watched unless I'm sick. That would be my That's caveat. Mm -hmm. I literally never watch TV. I don't even have a working TV. Yeah, we don't have a TV. In the I, house, we have so no, we have one, but it's not plugged in. No, it doesn't work. Well, we, well it, it hasn't might, worked it might for work. years. I don't know if it works or not. It's just yeah. not plugged in. <laughs> we had an antenna for it, but the antenna broke <laughs> years ago. We haven't paid for TV. Yeah, cable. Cable no cable, yeah. in like twelve years. Yeah, something like well, that. We, it's one, not important to us. This next question. This is going to get a little. Could get divisive. Ooh, um, could get a little heated, and it does involve uh, the entertainment medium. Question is: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I've never seen it. You've never seen Die Hard? <laughs> oh, now I can get you don't watch TV, but you, Die Hard was like 1989. I think my parents didn't let me watch TV either. Hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's how and how is it not? Because it's got <laughs> Santa's not in it. There's no presents in it. It's just death destruction and that's like the antithesis of christmas it takes place at a christmas party they have christmas music they have christmas sweaters and they have machine guns i don't know how you celebrate christmas but that sounds like every tompkins family christmas i've ever been to okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes it's yeah i don't know you guys are wrong i really don't think i've seen that movie. <laughs> um, okay so it's bruce willis <laughs> yeah, bruce it's not willis. even that good. i haven't even seen it's, it's movies right. like top gun I've never uh, top gun i it's not but i, I like haven't seen kinda, classic movies yeah okay um Prior to meeting each other, uh, did you have a type? That yeah, you're into? mine Assholes. was. <laughs> <laughs> she stuck to form. <laughs> I I I liked, believe it or not, I liked kind of uh, in shape, tall brunettes. The opposite. 
Okay, what is a secret the opposite? <laughs> and it's still my type, unfortunately. It's causing problems. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. So he brings this up all shut the time. Up. All the time. All the I'm time. never going to be a brunette, and I'm never going to be tall. <laughs> She's walking around. That's why she was walking around in stilts the other day. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what is a secret talent that you have that most people don't know about? Mm, my arms go backwards. <laughs> are, are you like double jointed or how? Yeah, no? it looks like a pterodactyl. Do oh, I, <laughs> can we see this, please? No, no, please. Can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what is? I, I don't it could know. Be completely useless. It doesn't have to be. I like, don't know how I mean, many people know that I speak Spanish. Flu like fluent. perfectly. Yeah, yeah. That, but I don't think everybody knows that because why would we talk about that what? on the show, especially? Do we have any other secret talents for super? No, boring? if I have a talent, I make damn sure people <laughs> Everybody know about knows it. About it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just oh, so you know, I'm not super shitty at this. I have had the chicken pox three times. Three times? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, how does that happen? I don't know. I thought I once you know. had it, you were like, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So anyway, that's okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, if you could time travel anywhere, where would you go? Time like, travel. would it be permanent or would it be just temporary? Like, <laughs> That's actually a good follow-up yeah. question. Uh, just temporarily. You could just go check something out, experience it, and then come back. I definitely go to the revolution, uh, down to like 1776 ish. Okay. I'd want to meet Ben Franklin. What if he was just a giant letdown? <laughs> then I would have been like, well, <laughs> I guess, yeah, then I maybe the second one, if I had, could be like, okay, well, let's pause this one because Ben is a dick. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe I'd go back to. Uh, I don't know, probably, I don't know, boy, I don't know. I think that's where I always want to go. I don't want to go to the meet Jesus or anything. So yeah. maybe Spain, like 1700s. Yeah. What do you think, Gwen? Yeah, I mean, I like American history, so I think I would want to be at the, you know, Independence Day, the original Independence Day. Mm -hmm. That was the one where Bill Pullman made that speech right oh wait no that was independence no, day the movie that was <laughs> although it's a great that's probably the best not a christmas movie beside the gettysburg address okay um what personality trait has gotten you in the most trouble um i am definitely despistado like uh what's despistado? you know like uh, um ADD? distracted easily oh that's yes. been a problem yeah I like how you thought of it in Spanish first. Because I've had to, I've had to, do, I've had to say it more recently in Spanish. Sorry. Uh, personality trait that has gotten me in the most trouble. Mm -hmm. um, rebellious. I mean, maybe it's my b biggest strength too. Like I'm just question everything, and I'm like, mm, I'm not gonna do that. Oh, but skeptical. Yeah, being skeptical. Very skeptical, but it's probably my biggest strength and biggest weakness. Yeah, I, it, it, that's mine too. What would you say is your top um, pet peeve? Um, uh, I, I actually don't really, not, small things don't bother me because I have a detail orientation of one. So as long as we mm. get the big stuff right, I, I don't sweat the small oh, stuff. Oh, I can think of this one. I might I might have to think about that one. I but feel I, like you don't really have any pet peeves I, either, do you? I think like the messaging thing, like I know he doesn't like it when you I hate like text like Facebook message or yeah, or, I like my okay. So oh, my oh. my biggest pet peeve <laughs> yeah. is well, one of them is people just operating outside of procedures because it makes for so much work. But in particular, people that use email as a list of things to do. Yeah, I do. You Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it I drives do, me. And nuts. I do that. Like sending you a list. Like no, no, no. no like, like where they have they. 
I send an email so that they remember to do it. I'm like, oh, that's what. Nice. It drives them crazy. You just did this before we started <laughs> yeah, recording. Yeah, emails are a communications it made tool. Him crazy. Not a that's tool. how much he loves me is that he did that, you even though my, that made him insane. I have to admit, though, one of mine is people, and I have, there's a few couple people that still do this, where they where they will send you an email and then call you and text you to tell you that they just sent you an email and it's like pick one you know yeah yeah you don't need three ways <laughs> uh, hey i just sent you an email uh and wanted to let you know and like, okay i'll read it right. <laughs> why are you calling me i have a feeling i well and then it sometimes. digresses into okay well what was it about mm -hmm. why don't we just have a conversation yeah yeah so <laughs> all right okay <laughs> We sound so old right now. Right. <laughs> Emails all the time. Interrupting my matlock. Okay. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Mm, best piece of advice I ever received. Um, I think maybe this one. I remember my dad actually told me years ago. He said he was yelling at me. He's like, find one thing and do it well That's i don't care he said this he goes i don't care if it's robbing banks you be the best goddamn bank robber there is because you got to do something <laughs> so i actually that's good advice though. i mean not the bank robbing, but, yeah, yeah. The, well i tried it it, yeah. it worked for a little while yeah everything's bitcoin now so it's yeah you know, it's harder yeah. I guess mine would be and it's kind of unrelated to work but um i had a dear friend tell me always try to go to weddings and funerals they're never convenient and they're always expensive and go anyway and that was really good advice because it's about relationships and if you prioritize a relationship you should go and that person's close to you um, or someone that they're close to dies or whatever you should go to the event and so i'm really grateful for that advice and i think about it often Okay, we're going to do like a speed round here for the rest of these. So we okay. can get through all these. Okay. Um, when you're having a bad day, what do you do to make yourself feel better? I journal or work out. I work out. Yeah. Uh, if you could ask your pet one question, what would you ask? Oh, my gosh. And what's your dog's name? We're not talking about his name. Homie. It's a terrible name. Homie. It was uh, a poor choice. It hasn't aged well. It's just the worst yeah. dog. Mine would be, is, is Gwen actually home alone Shut once a week up. on Wednesday? Shut <laughs> up. Just kidding. Homie's not a bad name for a pet. Homie's a Our great dog name. we adopted, we adopted him, so we didn't name him, but it's Barley MacGyver McGregor. That's what it says on his birth certificate. So I think mine would be... I feel like what would it what it what is it going to take for me to get you to stop eating shit on the counter <laughs> at least he's eating shit and not taking one yeah yeah, yeah so that's worse that's, yeah. that is a that is a good one like God why do you keep eating yeah, you know you you're going to get in trouble we cannot get him to stop eating things Ugh. off the counter okay okay um so for those people who have not seen the michael j fox classic from the 80s what is the secret to your success wait what, what is what? he was in a movie called the secret uh <laughs> the secret was it the secret the secret to success and, and the secret was that he slept with his aunt and that who was like that's the, a secret that was the that's thing that's kind of it a was dark in the movie. is that a it was dark? the 80s i mean michael j fox also was in back to the future which is basically about him hooking up with his mom so i mean it's just it was the 80s oh God, it was. Of, so was the secret to success things. yeah uh i would say that um well when we started out we 
one of us would work and make money and then the other person did it. And we had this like flip flop where like I made the money when he started Wistar Group. And then once Wistar Group made barely enough to live off of, I quit my job, raised the kids. And then I worked on starting Anaquim while he made the money. And here we are working on Anaquim together. So we've really, we had to make our marriage, I think unless you have like a trust fund or something, you have to use your marriage to help you start businesses. Otherwise, it's impossible to do it's it. It's teamwork, really. You can't yeah. really live off of nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I guess you could have savings, but it's really hard unless you have a team. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that earlier, and I think that's important, but probably a couple of things. Be involved in your industry, like in our industry, NARPM, get involved get good enough at something that other people want to listen to what you have to say because then you that was your strategy actually he learned the rent manager software better than anybody else Mm -hmm. and because he was the expert you really were able to progress in the industry yeah you connect you you make friends they need you you need them and it just becomes more of like a a community mm-hmm. of people that do what you do. And then there's a f- more free exchange of ideas, good ideas, bad ideas. And I think that helps a lot, but also not, I don't remember the word that I want to say, but not operating in a defensive mindset. Like you do at some point have to get past the curve and start being ahead of things a little bit and not be afraid of everything that is going to become you. If you're worried about what's coming up next, then you haven't built it into your mindset that things are going to go wrong. And when they do, all you do is process it, process the problems and um, dedicate your time to avoiding them in the future and and having strict um, procedures go forward. I would just say one other thing is when we've taken big risks, we knew that we might look dumb publicly. Yeah. Like even starting this podcast, like, don't listen to those first few episodes. They totally suck. So you have to be willing to look like an idiot and realize that nobody cares that much about you. Yeah, there's that. They, they don't, you think like, oh my God, they're going to hear. And I learned this because Jeremy used to have a radio show. I'm going to. Yeah. So Jeremy used to have a it radio show. better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> some wow. weeks, some Two weeks. Two out of three of us used to work in radio. That tells you a lot about radio, I think. <laughs> Um, so some weeks he wouldn't have any time to plan and those shows were no offense, babe, but they were terrible and nobody ever said anything. Like we never got feedback. Like, wow, that show sucked. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize everyone's into their own life and they're not thinking about yours. So you might as well take the big risk, make the big mistake. And you know, the people who will love you will stand by you. And I think that we've been able to take huge risks because of that. And we and even learning Spanish, you have to look like a jackass the first mm -hmm. several hundred. um, Muy bien. Muy bien. And and I don't think we would have started our companies if we were, if we hadn't had that mindset. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think most people are worried about what everybody else thinks. So they're not worried actually about you. So we have that. It's like this weird thing. The basic premise of life is like, what's in it for me? It's all about me. It's all, you know. Yeah, I've heard it referred to as the 1840-60 rule. At 18, you think um, everybody uh, is, you know, you're worried about what other people think. 
when you're 40, you don't give a shit what other people think. And when you're 60, you realize nobody's thinking about you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yep. so I think I'm a little bit ahead on that curve because I, nobody really. But do you think radio had that impact on you too? Just because I'm sure you messed up big time at <laughs> some point I live. Think I think did. even before that. So I grew up as a theater kid. So like uh, our dad directed plays uh, yeah. and did speech team. Our mom directed musicals at two different high schools growing up. And so we were, I was on stage at like the age of four. And you, anytime you're going to be on stage, you have to understand that like you're putting yourself out there and so I had the I was fortunate enough to where I grew up naturally naive I wouldn't even say I didn't care it was just I didn't realize uh. so when I got into radio I remember my first week actually running a board and producing a show I I pictured there's there's me there's the host and this other lady and then maybe my mom's listening and that's all I could picture in my head which is good thing to picture because once you start picturing oh there's 20,000 people listening then you know if you try to appeal to everybody you appeal to nobody and exactly so when you can focus in on like okay think about you who your target listener is in this format or your target clientele like who's your target client what would they think about mm -hmm. this and not focusing so much on like what is the mass you know what you know the twitterverse and the reactions and all that does that really matter does that impact your bottom line and your your success and also when you start a company, everyone goes, okay, yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a great idea. Like you seem stupid until it works. Mm -hmm. Like they, no one's going to believe in you. Yeah. So you have to have really positive self-talk. Yeah. And then you just look stupid and lucky. Mm -hmm. No, I, and I pitched like when I, for me, I mean, uh, you are my, my first audio video podcast client, uh, which thank you, by the way, I don't think I've ever said that publicly, <laughs> but thank you. Oh, we, we'd be homeless without you. No, um, but I had been pitching this concept of like incorporating audio video and these different multimedias to the radio industry for five or 10 years. And it was, I was literally told though, well, people make pennies off of podcasts. It's just not a lucrative thing. There's no money to be made. And you look at it and I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, this is the second highest like trending uh, form of advertising income. Like, what are you talking about? Like just trillions of dollars being made here. And uh, you know, and then now it's like, they're coming back to me saying, hey, could you help us do this audio video thing? Which I'm happy to help, but it's, it's like you're saying, in the beginning, if you've got a good idea, odds are people are going to try and knock you down or prevent you from totally. doing it. And it's usually, for their own reasons. It usually has nothing to do with you. It's just, again, it's all about them. And the people that love you actually don't want what's best for you. They want what's safest for you. Yeah. So true. a lot of the times that those people that we listen to will be like, don't do that. What about the mortgage? You yeah. know, like what about, you know, your car payment? The downside. And, and they mm -hmm. always think about the downside and that's problematic. Okay. A couple, just a couple quick questions left here. So what is speaking of mindsets, you have talked about the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset a few times on the, your podcast. Yeah. So with the scarcity mindset, um, how do you not get into that scarcity mindset when you are faced with setbacks and losses uh, to your business or your company? Boy, I think, so the scarcity mindset is a natural response to anything, right? I mean, you, I mean, as humans, like hoarders, that's mm -hmm. kind of an exaggerated version of it, but it's that same, it's that same idea where you think that their things are scarce, so when you have them, you just, pile it up, pile it up, uh, pile things in your house, for instance, in that example. Um, the scarcity, the way to, uh, to kind of get around it, kind of is just to know, be able to identify that it's happening to you, and to understand that the real, the real, in, 
emergent systems. There is literally in a in a free in a um, uh, a free market. You there's room for your success to actually make other success. It makes more efficiencies through the economy. You can literally never run out of business. I mean, we've got 800 employees, almost all of which in, are in property management. Mm-hmm. I never would have guessed that that's true. But if you just keep going after it and you mine that um, territory, you can come up with, you can develop kind of, we started this whole industry yeah. and it just becomes something. So stick, stick with it. You kind of have to understand that, that, like, kind of a blind faith in yourself that, like, I know this is the right move. Or I hate to use the word faith, but you really just have to know that it's more physics. Mm -hmm. There's really no limit. You can do anything, and if you kind of operate that way, you will grow into other areas when you have to. What do you think, one? Hmm. Well, this is interesting because I think that I vacillate between scarcity mindset and abundance mindset because I think the reason why I've been so obsessed with the growth of the business comes from a true insecurity or a sense that like I'm not enough but then at the same time I'm always focused on the big picture and that vision of what is possible so in a given day maybe I'll be like negative and then positive and then negative but then I always start the day on the key vision that I'm going for. So always just, it's kind of like meditation. You start thinking about your breath and then your mind water wanders and then you have to go back mm-hmm. to the breath. So that's the same thing with abundance mindset. Uh, last two questions here. What are you most thankful for in 2021? I'm grateful to be alive because I had COVID so badly mm-hmm. and um, it really kind of was transformative to my life because there, a little bit of me thinks that it could have gone the other way. So mm. I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I haven't thought of my, what I'm, um, but I would probably say, I don't know. I, but there's so much, like I, my default answer is my wife and kids. Well, family, obviously. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I kind of have a hard time. I'm always very thankful for that because yeah. I like my life. I wouldn't trade it for anybody's. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's that 2021. I proved again to myself that I want this life. Yeah, that's good. And then last question. um, What message do you want to leave us with here today as we head into 2022? And uh, which I mean, I'm superstitious. I believe even years are always better than odd years. Really? Yes. Every even year has been better than the odd ones. So um, except for 2020, except for 2012 (laughs) when I got married. No, 2020 was a great year for I mean, not for the rest of the planet, but for me personally, and I don't care about the rest of the world. Right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whatever. I, mean, I lost, like, Wendy, my wife jokes around, she's like, 2020 sucked for everybody but you. Like, I lost 45 pounds and started my, because I decided to start my company in January oh. of 2020, which was, you know, nothing yes. popped up after that. So, you know, um, but, um, but yeah, so, but that's my own silly superstition. <laughs> that doesn't really matter to this. What What are you most looking forward to and what, message would you like to leave us with here uh, as we head into a new year? Uh, Well, what I'm most looking forward to, actually, this is, I'm most looking forward to right now, a trip to Spain with the family. We have some friends out there, I have three groups of friends, we're gonna go visit all of them in Bilboa, Barcelona, and Seville. 
So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And the message on a go forward basis to everybody that I want to leave them with, boy, I have a hard time giving advice. I'm more like a gestalt. I just think that um, the news, the world, things have been so negative and heavy. And so I want to focus on positivity. I want to focus on people's assets and what they bring to the table. And uh, that I feel like is my focus and my mission in 2022 is in my personal life to focus on the positive and when I look at people to focus on their positives as well. Yeah, and, and maybe so I'll dovetail off of that a little bit. Mine, what I've been doing in the last couple of years, um, and even in my columns and the paper and stuff, I'm really, my whole message is don't be a dick. Like that's all I think people need to do mm -hmm. because it, everything's so negative. And if everybody thinks back that one of the reasons there's like that low hum negativity is because people are assholes right now. Mm -hmm. Like there's just this new, like we all have this permission kind of like yeah. there's this cultural permission to, just you be know, rude and yeah, just to be rude. And, and politics is reflective of it. And I think if we just understand that people that you don't agree with aren't your enemy and they're not really bad mm -hmm. people, it, you see things a little bit differently. So I, think, I would guess I would just try to promote that push. It. Another way, like follow the grandma method. So think about how your grandma would yeah. treat anybody in your life and then just do that. Just oh, do that's that. a cute. I like you that. Know? That's cute. If we all loved each other like our grandmas loved us, the world would be uh, be one big grandma hug. You and since I've been focusing that. on that, people, I, I'm not seeing, you know, mm -hmm. my experience of every day has been a little more positive yeah yeah i think a lot of your day-to-day -day, whether it's positive or negative it really is your you kind of foreshadow what's going to happen just in how you are okay today's going to be a great day and you can have a great day if you go into it today's going to suck uh it's higher likelihood it's gonna it's gonna suck so uh, the five minute journal thing is actually kind of a neat it is that's a great way yeah. i mean a lot of therapists and uh, executive coaches recommend that uh to start your day which is five minutes and they have a thing called the five minute journal yep. you can order online that's just journal for five minutes write down three things you're grateful for and then you'll start it's kind of cool it's right also foot. i started handwriting because mm -hmm. i used to type all the time but that five minute journal kind of gave me a reason to write and that's when i started using fountain pens because those I are fancy like fancy pens yeah yeah it's good i just I, I imagine i would spill that every time i tried to refill it but it happens. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Well, be sure to like and subscribe. Oh, wait. No, that's your part. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to say that. No, I thought we weren't doing that. <laughs> no. <laughs> be sure to like and subscribe be by sure hitting the like button. Be sure to like and subscribe. Wait. Oh, <laughs> no, Gwen, you so, take us out, Gwen. Take us out. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for this special episode of Bootstrappers. And yeah. that's a wrap. We'll see you next year. This is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.